0: Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to four tutor.
3: I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosen.
2: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. As you all know, I'm a mom, and that means parenting issues are near and dear to my heart. And to be honest, I have never had one of my children come to me questioning their gender. I certainly have wondered how families face issues like this and how society is pushing them one way or the other. And I know people are in both sides of that camp. And we've talked a lot about what it is to transition or have a transgender child. But today we have someone with us who has agreed to talk about her situation, Chloe Cole. She is considered a detransitioner and she's agreed to share her story today in hopes of helping other families who are going through something similar. I find this interesting because I think a lot of parents are facing this. I mean, it's something that we talk about at home. When I say that I haven't had to deal with it as a child coming to me and telling me that they want to transition, they see it. It's constantly in their face. They see it no matter whether they're on Pinterest or, you know, on a a game. They are seeing this. And so that conversation has to be had. So I'm really grateful that Chloe agreed to come on and talk about this today. But but before we get into that, first, I just want to talk to you really quickly about American financing. It's 2024 and a lot of us are trying to get our finances in order. And there's actually some great news for homeowners. Interest rates have finally dropped. They're now in the fives, a lot lower than where they were last year. And if you are buried in high interest credit card debt, which I know a lot of us are struggling to break free from that right now, American financing can help you access cash in your own home to pay off your high interest debt. Last year, their salary-based mortgage consultants helped customers save an average of $854 a month. You guys, that's like giving yourself a 10 thousand dollar raise and what a great way to start the new year if you start today you may be able to delay two full mortgage payments call american financing today at 866-890-9313 that's 866-890-9313 americanfinancing.net NMLS 182334, NMLS consumeraccess.org. APR rates in the fives to start, they start at 6.406% for well qualified borrowers. Call today. It's 866 890 9313 for details about credit costs and terms. Now I want to welcome Chloe Cole to the podcast. Chloe, thank you so much for speaking out on this. Thank you for having me. So I heard your story, and I think that a lot of us are shocked by it, but also I can see very easily how it could happen because we trust, I think we intrinsically trust the medical the medical community. So if the medical community comes to me and says, my daughter has a problem, I'm going to take that very seriously. So can you just walk us through? Because you say you had these concerns, and it was just kind of like you were, Seems almost like you were taken on a wave of what to do next by the medical community.
4: Yeah, that's exactly the premise that they that they give to these parents of these kids. They tell them that it's basically life it's life or death for their son or their daughter. That they're going to have a high risk of suicide if they don't go through with these treatments. Um, and that's exactly what they told my mom and dad. Now, I what made me vulnerable to this was that there are a few things. Um, I started puberty pretty young. Um, I was about like eight or nine when my breasts started coming in, which I mean, girls are starting to go through puberty younger and younger. So I guess now that's pretty standard, but it doesn't make it any less difficult really. Um, I mean, in my experience, like it really did feel like my body was, it felt like it was becoming, it was developing a lot faster than I was as a person. Um, I was still a child and I felt like people were starting to almost see me like I was a woman already. Mm. Um, I was getting like a lot of comments on my body. A lot of it was from my peers, um, both girls and boys. Um, and it was just embarrassing to have that part of my, my body just have like these developing parts of my body be focused on so much. Um, I mean,
0: I'm not surprised by that, I guess. And I never really thought of it that way, but my youngest two are 10 right now. And I think that you are actually starting to talk about that stuff in school because they go through kind of those classes of your body's going to change. And then they start talking about, well, so-and-so already has, and this person's wearing a bra. And there is a lot of, and I mean, we are in a house of, I have four daughters, so everybody's pretty open about that kind of stuff. So the girls do talk about it and I I just never had really thought about how that might be something that is challenging. We are late bloomers in our house, I'm not gonna lie. So for us it's like I never thought about it from the perspective of what it is like if you're not a late bloomer. Yeah,
4: and I didn't really it's not something that I really felt like i had anybody to talk about with either um hmm. at the age that i was i didn't really know how to verbalize these feelings hmm. or even just like how how much it was affecting me um but i didn't feel super close to a lot of my family and not really like my my mom or my older sisters so i didn't really feel like i had anybody to like look up to and ask questions about this kind of thing um and a lot of the information that i was getting on my body all my sexuality was from like my peers or from the Internet. Um, so not exactly the greatest guidance. Um, and I was a bit of a tomboy, um, especially like as I got older, I just started to feel like I related more and more to the boys around me. Um, and I just liked being in their presence more. I felt like they were funnier, they were more fun to be around, and I just enjoyed my time with them more than I did um, being with the girls. For a very long time, um, and being a tomboy was something that I took pride in for a little while. But it got difficult, like as I started like progressing through middle school, everybody starts going through, everybody else starts going through puberty too, and like the dynamics change socially. And now, like I can't like hang out with a guy without being without it being seen as like a like a romantic thing, and losing that was kind of difficult for me as I went through that and I started to feel like, you know, there's all these expectations of me as a girl, as a woman that I don't really feel like I can really match up with Hmm. Um, both like out of myself as a person, out of my personality. Um, and also like the way that I look, um, I grew up like in a very hypersexualized, very media-rich environment. So, it wasn't something that I could really escape. And that was that was pretty difficult for me. Um it got to the point that like I started to feel like you know, I I don't know if I'm going to be enough as a woman. And mm-hmm. I don't really know if that's something that I want to be either. Um I was getting all these negative ideas about what being a woman would be like what that would mean um and it always seemed like people and other girls and women especially while talking about it would always talk it they would always focus on the negatives the pain of periods of pregnancy childbirth how scary all that was
0: hmm. and wow. I don't know, I our like words really do matter it. It, it i mean as you're talking i'm thinking gosh how often do we we just complain a lot, and what is that? And you're young at this point, you're 12 at this point? Yeah, roughly about about 12
4: years old.
3: Hmm.
4: when I started to when I started to feel this way. Um, I felt like the value of being a woman wasn't really emphasized to me, and hmm. there were times when I thought I would just be happier if I had been born as a boy, that I would fit in better that's It just would make better sense. But I didn't really actually believe that. I actually was a guy until I learned about the transgender community through social media. And this idea was planted in my head that just because somebody's born one way doesn't mean they have to be like that for life. Your identity is your choice. You don't have to, if you don't like it, you don't have to live that way. You get to make the decision, and i mean some some people are born in the wrong body
0: i think that I think that that is i think there are some people who really feel that they are born in the wrong body, but this has been pushed on children at such a young age at such a vulnerable age and I think we 've seen this we seem to have seen this increase, and I, I asked for your story because your story comes at a time when this is not in the news media all the time. Not People are not talking about this. And, and I talked about the doctors because I think you can be shuffled into a room and told, okay, th- this is the treatment for this. And there's no real marker to say, well, wait a minute, that wasn't the treatment for them. That wasn't the treatment for them. Like, why is this the treatment for me? You know? And so I just wonder if that was what happened in your family at that time. I mean, my closest my closest connection to this is when I was sick myself and went for cancer treatment. The doctor's like, okay, this surgery will go in and we will have the surgery immediately in within five days. And I was like, man, as an adult at 38 years old, I, for the first time, stepped back and said, I don't know if I trust this. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done to say, I don't trust what a doctor is telling me. And so so I want, when people are hearing this and they're like, oh, how could you end up doing this? you automatically trust your doctors. It's like they're the experts. There's this feeling that going against them is so challenging. It's so hard to pull away from what we know as a society that the medical community is right. So when you went in at 12 and you started talking to doctors about this, what did they say to your parents? So with the transgender community, it's pretty unique because, I mean, the community itself
4: romanticizes these treatments, talking about, Mm. oh, you're going to experience gender euphoria when you feel affirmed when you when you start socially transitioning. And then more and more as you go through the medical process of it. Um so I already I mean with the way that they sell it, I was already invested in actually going into the treatments. Um before I was in the doctor's office. Um they talk about how Mm. they connect your identity with these treatments they say that gender identity is something that is innate and it has to be treated immediately because of the apparent suicide risk of did you feel suicidal at all um no i actually wasn't suicidal at all until i started on these treatments um i was Hmm. i was in distress sure um a lot of it was just really like ordinary adolescent girl distress of Going through the process of puberty, all the social changes, and and all the awkwardness and, and grief that can come with that. And nobody had really ever considered that. Um, but I also, I was previously diagnosed with ADHD. I had symptoms of actually being on the spectrum. Um, I wasn't doing super well socially in school um, at that time. And I had a body image disorder that actually went undiagnosed for years, until after I stopped transitioning. I had like these very visible red flags that were completely ignored during the course of treatment.
0: Hmm.
4: Like what? But I was not like like what I I like what I just saw. Um, that they should like the have AD, the ADHD and such.
0: So when you came in, I mean, it is kind of shocking to think that you would go in and they wouldn't say, okay, well, we're looking at a patient who's 12, who has gone through puberty puberty early, who has struggled with the, the social anxiety that comes around going through puberty early as a girl. Because I think even as a girl, to me, it's harder because it's visible right? I mean, yeah. boys may have their voice change, but there's a visible change in in you're different than the other kids. And so and it's a lot more, it's a lot
4: more, the physical changes in growths they come on a lot more quickly as well. Like they develop a lot more quickly.
0: Instead of talking through that and talking about the beauty of your body changing, because I think it's hard to think of it as beautiful at the moment, but there is so much beauty in what happens through puberty. And and we're so we're in a society right now that is like, oh, nothing hard. We want to avoid anything hard. Puberty is hard. I mean, you are changing, you're emotional. I have girls in my house right now that are going through puberty and And one minute, everybody's joking and laughing. And the next minute, they don't even know why they're upset because there's so much going on in your body. It is chaos and it's very challenging. You would think that at those critical moments, that's when the medical community would say, okay, we've got to come in and we've got to talk to this person about how the body changes and how this is normal and you'll get through it. Because in addition to that, those highs and lows, also once they pass, they pass. But they put you on puberty blockers we've talked a lot on this program about puberty blockers because there's so many harmful effects to them there's potential sterility it changes it stops you from growing we don't know what that does actually to your body long term but take us through that from your perspective were you excited about this is this what you, I mean you say you read about it on online you were in these communities so did you feel like you were pushed into that or was this just kind of the natural next step?
4: I feel like push isn't really the the, the, the right word necessarily, because I wasn't directly interacting with anybody. I wasn't really talking with anybody. I was just watching and observing as they went through. I mean, it was kind of beautiful to me at the time, because it looked like they were going through these trials Mm. with uh, going from many of these individuals were bullied or abused by um, their family. They were not in the best situations at school, um, at home. but. They got through it, and eventually they became accepted amongst their peers, amongst their family. They started being referred to as their preferred name. Um, Some of them eventually went on to to take hormones and undergo the other procedures. And it was like, wow, it's just incredible watching these people's journeys as they become happier, as they become who they claim to be their authentic selves. And that was something that I really, it was something that hit pretty deeply for me because mm-hmm. I was struggling to find my identity for years. I didn't have a whole lot of friends um, in elementary or middle school. Um, and I didn't really know who I was as a person. I'd Didn't feel like I was really recognized by the people around me. Like I was always just kind of a wallflower. And it gave me hope that I could find myself. And I really truly believed that I had the brain of a boy in a girl's body. And that's Mm. why I wasn't a feminine girl. That's why I felt this distress around my developing body. And my doctors took this belief I had and... They let it run the—they let my childish judgment run the entire course of my judgment and the rest of my physical development.
0: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered
3: economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.
2: Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. A child at 12 can
0: make a decision to take a medication that is going to change everything about their development. But it wasn't just that. I mean, you had surgery (gasps) in just a few years after that. Just from, I think from the outside perspective, it's like, oh my goodness, this is a freight train. It's going so fast. She went from questioning what her place was in the world to having her breasts removed. And that seems hard to understand. And what was that like for you? Because you say that initially that was a good thing, right? When did you decide, hmm, this is probably not what I was supposed to do? It wasn't,
4: I wouldn't really say it was a good thing, even if I felt that way at the time. I wouldn't really even say that it made me happy. Hmm. Sure, like I was excited, but I wasn't fulfilled because the entire basis of the treatment, it's a lie. I was never actually going to become a boy, and I was just going to become damaged and chasing this dream that would never come true mm. um so they started me on puberty blockers and testosterone at thirteen um, The blockers are pretty tough um I was on them for about a year and for about like a like t- a month to about like two months of that time, I was on them alone without any other tr- any other any other hormone, and I it basically like put me to a place into like a state of mon- menopause because I was like mm. I was like four or so years into puberty, right, and it just halted my development. It halted all the production of my sex hormones, um, and the function of my ovaries while I was on them, and so I was getting the whole the whole deal. I was under, I was experiencing like hot flashes. Um, oh my itching. word. As a child. Yeah. And this went on for about like the entire year oh. that I was on them. It was God,
0: sounds awful.
4: Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, and without like the, any hormones in my body, like it just, I felt very lethargic. It was, I felt like a little bit depressed and it made it hard to like focus in my classes. So once I started on the testosterone, it was like, wow, like I feel great. I mean, It's a literal steroid that they put me on, that they put this little 13-year-old girl on. And so, like, I had, like, a huge boost in my energy. Um, I felt pretty confident, both because of the effects of being on androgens and also because I was, I felt affirmed. I felt like I was on track to becoming this boy who I was led to believe that I was supposed to be. Um, I was looking forward to the physical changes, which came pretty quickly. Um, my voice dropped pretty quickly, and it was very deep for a long time. Like, it was a lot deeper than it is now, actually. And it's a miracle that it even lightened up. Um, then I started developing a bunch of muscle. I started to, like, the hair all over my body got thicker. The hair on my head, the hair in my eyebrows, my eyelashes, my facial hair. Um, I started to develop, like, this glow in my skin. And I felt like it was the best I had ever looked in my life. And when you're somebody who has a body image disorder, mm. you want to change. You seek change. And this gave me that. Um, it was still kind of awkward because I was still in eighth grade when I was starting these, event- these interventions. So like, even as I was starting to change physically and I was, I was satisfied and looking forward to that, I mean, everybody around me had known me since elementary school. They, I, I wasn't—nobody actually thought that I was a boy. Um, so I decided, like, I wouldn't make any further efforts to transition until I would, I would enter high school. Um, and that changed, um, because of a sexual assault that happened in, at school. Um, Wow. That went completely unresolved because I didn't really feel like I could report it to anybody because I didn't trust anybody at that school, um, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't even trust like my teachers and the staff there to help me with my education. Um, I had an IP that they were not following the rules of at all. So how could I help? How could I expect them to help me with help me feel safe there? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was in the mindset of like I'm trying to become a boy. So I mean, how would I even tell that to somebody? I don't want to be seen weak. as weak. I don't want to be seen as a girl. I just, I guess all I have to do about this is man up. So I never reported that assault for years, um, but I decided that I would start trying to hide my breasts so that nobody could ever hurt that part of my body ever mm. again. So going into high school, I was on hormones long enough um, that I actually had a deeper voice than most of the other the other boys. Like going to freshman year, um, and I looked like any other like fourteen year old boy, and my chest was hidden. Nobody knew other than people who I went to school with before. But I, I I started going through like the social changes as people like saw me as a boy. Um, I started using like the male restroom facilities and locker room facilities, and I thought for a while that I was satisfied, that I was happy with this. But that kind of lingering feeling of like of fear of. People even just knowing that I was a girl, especially because of what had just happened to me months prior,
0: was in my mind for for years. Um, and just out of curiosity, I, I went... though, as you're telling me this, it just seems like there's so much energy into this because it's like uh, almost like keeping a secret, but it's not a secret. And it's just there's just so much of your energy as a student that has to go into who you who you are trying to become what was that like trying to do to do school to do childhood at that time while you are at doctors and getting medications and there's so much going on revolving around changing your gender how is anything else happening that's childhood based
4: i mean i really do feel like i was forced to to grow up a lot sooner than i should have hmm
0: and it was like, and that's I funny because it's almost like that's what day. you were trying to avoid. In some ways, yeah. I, I mean, with the early with the early puberty, it's I, like you were like, I didn't want to go through this early puberty, and then all of a sudden, you're forced into growing up even faster. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it was like
4: I was putting on a mask every day. Um, <sighs> I knew even subconsciously that I was still a woman. That. I always would be that way, and like especially like when I would come home after school, like I would take ho- I would take off my um my binder, which was like the compression garment that I used to um to make my my flat, my my chest look flat before I underwent surgery, and you know like I I take like a shower. I would see my bare chest, and it was just a reminder that. This part of me would never change, and it was it, it was just exhausting to basically lie to everybody around me every day. To worry that one day I might be found out. To worry about what the consequences of that might be, um, especially like if somebody like finds me like in the locker room or like in the bathroom while I'm alone, while I'm in a vulnerable situation, like while I'm changing or something. And what could what could happen to me? what could they do to me? Mm. It was very anxiety inducing. And eventually it just wasn't exciting anymore. It was just my life. And Mm. that life was worse than the one that I had before. I started feeling more and more dissociated from that girl, that person who I used to be. I started feeling dissociated from my own body um, as the changes started rolling in. I started feeling like I was becoming more and more distant with the people around me, with my friends, my family, with my surroundings.
0: What is it like I at home at this depression. point? What are your, how do your parents interact with you? I mean, is this hard for them? Are they seeing that this is a real struggle? Um,
4: yeah, I mean, it was really hard to, to figure it out at first for me because... I mean, in, during that like, initial like, year or so, I was in the honeymoon phase, and I seemed like I was happier. Mm. Um, mm. And I seemed that way to all the people around me. And then I started getting drastically worse so, so quickly. And I know that it was hard for my mom and dad, because they were watching... It's like watching your own kid become an entirely different being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what my mom and dad went through, but I mean, they from the very beginning they wanted to be accommodating. They wanted to help me feel comfortable in my own skin, but they didn't want me to go through this. They didn't want mm-hmm. me to trans. They didn't want me to transition medically at all. Um, that was not their expectation when they sent me to therapy. When I started seeing the doctors, they wanted to have help in in raising me really they just wanted me to be able to grow up without any intervention to have some freedom in expressing myself but they didn't want me to undergo any decisions surrounding my body they felt like their hand was forced because they were told that it was all i had that it was going to be My life on the line, and when you're a mother or father, and you're told that your your son or daughter could die if you don't start treatment now,
0: what do you do? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't. I I honestly I cannot even imagine having that conversation with doctors, and I think that that has been shocking to parents to hear. But if you put yourself in that position, you're like, man, if I'm, in st- if I'm sitting in front of a doctor and they're telling me you're going to lose this kid, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I don't lose my child. So so you, I mean, this is a long period of your life. And especially as a child, this is a long period of your life. So this starts when you're like 12. Yeah. You have the double mastectomy when you're 15. By 16, you're going I don't think I want to be a a boy anymore. Is that how it went? Yeah. Um,
4: So in my sophomore year of high school, I started to become like very visibly depressed. Um, Mm -hmm. My grades were actually starting to, to fail. Like I was failing out of my classes, out of several classes by this point in time. I wasn't applying myself in my studies anymore. I just, I became apathetic. I stopped caring. I became suicidal. I just didn't want to be here anymore because it, every day was just such a struggle for me. And I couldn't even figure it out because I was so deep into this idea that I was a boy. Mm. That's, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't even fathom that this could be wrong or that this could be mm. harming me. Because I was some, my, my entire family was so sold into it.
0: So how hard is it if everybody's sold into it? How hard is it to go? Maybe this isn't what I am.
4: I mean, just the thought of going back to everybody in my Mm. life and telling them that I was wrong about this, that I was still Chloe, that I was still a girl and would only ever
0: be a woman was just humiliating. I, I, I couldn't even... Fathom that for the longest time. But you were a kid. I mean, that's the thing that's crazy to me as an adult. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's not. You're a kid. You can make those decisions. Like you can change your mind because that's how. That's your age at that time. We all know that.
4: Yeah. Um. But I started to get sick of wearing this stupid binder every day. It's like I like. Yeah, it was comforting that that part of my body was was hidden. That nobody would know that I was actually a girl. And that nobody could hurt that part of me. That there was this barrier on me, basically. But, I mean, this thing was tight. Like, it would get sweaty. Like, I'd wear it, like, whenever I worked Mm. out. Whenever, like, I went swimming or on a run. Um, I, I hated it. And after two years of it, I was just so done with it. I wanted to be free of it. But I also didn't want to have visible breasts anymore. I was kind of insecure about like how the rest of my body was becoming more masculine visually, but this part of my body was still there. And I just felt like it made me so ugly. Hmm. I wanted to look like the other boys my age. I wanted to be able to take off my shirt like them and not have to worry about anything. And there is still that unresolved sexual trauma that I... I mean, for a long time, I didn't even recognize it as that. I didn't know mm. how to bring that up in, in 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 therapy because I repressed it. And I mean, there was just so much going on that should have been like a major red flag to my providers when I was going through, um, when I was going through the, refer- the referral process for surgery.
0: But how that much of that like, do no, you think is? How much of it do you think surgery? is experimental and that they wanted to get money? I mean, sometimes I feel like these doctors are like, oh, this could be a cash cow and this person mm-hmm. is willing to be my astronaut in this game. Everything about this course of
4: treatment is experimental, mm-hmm. especially on children. We don't know how this affects a children's development long term when it comes to their brain, um, how, it, how it affects them as they're developing socially and emotionally, how it affects their sexual and reproductive developments, or the rest of their body, um, we're starting to—we're just barely starting to scratch the surface um, with how how Lupron, how mm. cross-sex hormones affect boys and girls. But, they say it's all reversible. Do you feel like it's reversible? No, no. and that actually. A lot of these—it's interesting that a lot of these activists say that it's reversible, because my doctors actually told me that some of these effects are not going to be reversible, and oh, that the surgery lovely. is not going to be reversible either. Um, either way, though, like no matter how much you try to tell a kid, like they're not going to get that; they're not being—they're no. not going to be able to get that through their heads because children don't know what permanent means when you've been right. in the world for less than a few decades. When you have so little experience in life, and when your brain is not even halfway fully developed, how are you supposed to make a decision that will affect you for life? Mm -hmm. Especially around these things that are so so integral to the human experience.
0: So, your reproductive abilities, like your sexual function and drive. You talked about a few things that changed, like your voice. You you said your voice has gotten a little higher but generally that doesn't happen what about facial hair what about those things that are innately male do those when you go off do those go away um
4: some of the effects are reversible like the changes in muscle mass and and such um but the changes in my bone structure are permanent I, Mm. i have like wider shoulders like a wider upper body my hips are not super developed um and I have like a bit of an Adam's apple. I my voice is never going to be where it was or where it would have been. Um I used to sing and I'm mm. like struggling to get my singing capabilities back. Um and the facial hair is permanent. Um I end up having to get laser because I actually had like a little bit of a like a five o'clock shadow. Um and you know, like I'm a woman, like some some women have like p c o s or other conditions where they have like higher androgens and they're fine with that, not for me um and I also have some issues with my reproductive system like I currently do not have a a regular cycle um hmm. I have some issues with my sexual function, which is I'm an adult now like I'm nineteen years old and that's something that's painful to acknowledge for me. That's something that is going mm-hmm. to affect me in my future relationships. Um, that's going to affect me in my marriage, potentially. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to have children, if I'll be able to conceive, if I'll be able to safely carry to term, whether I'm at risk of any sort of reproductive cancers or like the quality of my, my eggs, for example. That's something that's scary for me, because now, like I'm an adult and I want to have a family of my own um some There were some effects that I wasn't really properly informed of um like I experienced joint pains, I believe from the puberty blockers and possibly from the the combination of the hormones as well um after about a year or so of being on the hormones, I actually started to have issues with my urinary tract. So like every month to every other month, like I was getting infections. Like I Mm. was starting (sighs) to get even like blood clots and blood in my urine. And that was terrifying. A lot of this, I just, I,
0: I was not prepared for. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
5: And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets.
2: The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all.
5: Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, that's the thing that
0: I like get so mad about. I'm like, of course you weren't prepared for it because you were a child and your parents were being manipulated by this system. So let me ask you, there's a lot of kids out there right now that are in your same situation that are at the beginning and looking at this and they're like, gosh, I'm really considering this. You've got Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, who just said he's not going to ban transgender surgeries. If somebody would have stopped that from happening. If they would have said, you know what, she has to grow up and she can't have the puberty blockers, she can't have the surgery. Do you think that that would have been better for you? Absolutely. I mean on I feel
4: like on every single level I was failed. Mm. It should not have even been a possibility for me to go on these treatments at the age that I was. I these doctors failed me. The state of California failed me. The lack of protective laws and measures for these
0: kids is destroying them. It's destroying their families. And that's and I think that's the thing is that people, whether you are a child or an adult, you are getting manipulated by this medical system. So now do you have any recourse? Will they will they pay for anything to be any treatments to, to reverse this?
4: Um, no, there is no guarantee that they will cover that they will cover these treatments um as part of my detransition. Um, here in California, my home state, all the treatments for transition from the human blockers, the um, hormones, any other medications that that may that are part of the transition and both like the The breast surgeries and the genital surgeries are entirely covered by insurance, by law. But there is no similar law for detransitioning. There are, there aren't even, there's not even a standard of care. There are no medical codes to bill for, for those of us who decide to stop transitioning. So we have, as as, as it's standing now, detransitioners and those of us who regret transition and are trying to find a way out, don't really have any sort of resource. We don't mm-hmm. know what to do. Our doctors don't even know what to do with us.
0: They don't, want, they to, us the they don't want you to be out there because you're the, the example that says they were wrong. Absolutely. And
4: if you could give I've, one I've, message I've, I've to... this with my own doctors.
0: For parents who are going through this, because I think that's the, that is the group that has to come forward and say, no, we're not going to let this happen. But I know, I mean, we have people in our own life that are like, I have no choice because of what will happen to my kid. From your perspective, knowing who you were at that age, what would you tell those parents? Um, do not affirm these feelings
4: at all. Mm. Don't even refer to your child by their preferred name or pronouns mm. or identity. Wow. Because in doing so, you're reinforcing the idea that they were born wrong, that there is something wrong with the way that their perfectly healthy bodies are.
5: Mm.
4: Wow. You need to help them understand that they're beautiful, that they don't have to fix what's on the outside in order to be okay on the inside Mm
5: -hmm.
4: you are their parents you're their family you know them best you've raised them up since birth and it's up to you to have these hard conversations with them as awkward as it might be about where they're where they're getting this idea from that they have to reject the sex that they're born as that they can change an innate part of them why they're experience why they're experiencing so much distress around their body, and getting to the bottom of that is just it's so important,
0: yeah, and Chloe, you you and, are so beautiful, and I am so grateful that you came on to talk about this. It's something that. I think, you know, in our family, we try to be really open and I am different than my mom was. And I think it's important that we change because there is so much our kids have access to now that I didn't have access to as a kid. And there are so many questions that I have to tell you, as a mom, are so awkward to talk about with my kids. But my kids will come to me and they'll say things like, Mom, so-and-so says she would never talk to her mom about her crush or she would never talk to her mom about this. And, and you know, I feel okay talking to you about that. And, and I just think that we are a society that likes to look like kind of block things out and not have the hard discussions and just make the quick fix and move on. But it's you've taught us today that we need to talk.
4: Absolutely. I think that a big part of this is that we become too comfortable. That we value comfort over pretty much everything.
5: Everything so is,
4: I mean, compared to like just a hundred years ago, even just like 50 or 30 years ago, we're so much more comfortable. But because of that, we don't really value going through these, these trials and these tribulations anymore and i think that's what's that's what, that's exactly what we need that's exactly what these what children need in order to fully develop into functioning adults those and are the safe places to
0: go through the hard stuff those are like you have to go through hard things when you're safe so that when you're out on your own you know what hard is and you can
1: handle it
4: yes and it's not only these, these trials as people, as adolescents that we have to go through. Puberty is something that you can't negotiate. It's, I mean, it's not just the development of your reproductive system and your secondary sex characteristics. It involves every single part, every single system in your body. And you can't expect someone to fully develop into an adult physically, sexually, emotionally if they're not developing as normally.
0: Right. Right. You got to go through that hard. And I'm so glad you were here to talk about it. Chloe Cole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Go to tutordixonpodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to four patriots.com slash tutor.